0: We are chain on the beat.
1: You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Shagrew, and Jack Wright.
2: The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All
0: right, folks, welcome into another edition Of the Bear Down Chicago podcast, I am your host, Ryan Dangle. Now, if you want to find me on Twitter, some people call it X... I'm not one of those people. Uh, you can find me at Ryan Dangle. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. I'm going to bring in the assistant editor of Bears Wire, Brennan Chagru. Now, if you want to find Brennan on Twitter, you can hit him at Brennan Chagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Brennan, it has not been a long time since I've seen you. Uh, it was fun talking Roar of the Lions uh, with, with, with you, dude. How, how's, how's life? I know we didn't get to chat about
1: that other than the fact that you won big money this week. <laughs> yeah, I did. It wasn't money. It was uh, trivia, trivia prizes, which was fun. But yeah, it was it was great talking ball with those guys. They're they're tremendous individuals. They do a great podcast. But my goodness, it was so fun to just sort of reel in the fact that they were struggling and they kind of they really thought that this was going to be a loss too. And they're like, yeah, we're nervous about this. And then just kind of, I, I gave them their praise following the Twitter accounts. And I just saw the the dread that was coming from this game. So um, yeah, it was it was great. So it was it was fun to talk with you and you know both of us kind of taking a backseat a little bit to you know talk a little bears and lines with them. It was fun. Absolutely, and those they they know their stuff so so well.
0: Hey, let's let, before I forget, let's bring in Jack Wright to the podcast. If you want to hang out with Jack on Twitter, it's at Bear Down Jack, just like it sounds. Hey, buddy,
2: how are you? I'm doing great, man. Tomorrow's going to be a Bears victory Monday. It's going to be so joyful. I love it. I th- I
0: think management
2: gave us the uh,
0: gave us the thumbs up that we can wear, uh, you know, Bears gear. So I'm I'm rocking the Fields jersey tomorrow for sure, hundred percent. What about you?
2: You know, I got to think about what it is that I will curate for tomorrow's Bears victory Monday. I mean, we do we want to be like twinning? That's a little nerdy, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's never, oh, it's so never, cute. Never, Do you think uh, it's cute, Brendan?
1: I think that's I think that's totes adorbs. Oh, uh, that's perf. Yeah. Hey, I can. You got somebody can borrow my Bears Santa hat at some point. You know, whoever oh, nice. gets here first. All right. So, so it's already started. Uh, TJ Brooks, sing the song. So
2: Jack, yeah.
0: are you going to sing a little bit for us? Well,
2: I'm not going to sing, but that's what I always when the Bears score a touchdown. I always post uh, Bears touchdown. Play the music. Sing the song. And then whatever, you know, GIF I can find. I like the Bill Murray one where he puts the bear down at on.
1: GIF. It's yeah. a GIF. That's what I
2: said. You know, it's a GIF. You know didn't. It's a GIF. <laughs> I mean, I'm 50. What do you expect, Brendan?
1: Um,
0: Man. So, so much to talk about there. Um, I, I just, how about how about this, Jack? I know we we gotta we gotta get to something really really important. Um, I need to get to see my guy Will. It's getting a little too long, but it's near the so. holidays. Things are a little bit crazy. Brendan, I know you're not close, but I like want to pay for your gas to drive out to go see Will
1: um i just oh man he's so so i kind of want to take you as i i would never do that because i i feel like i'm a better friend than that but i do kind of want to take you up on that because that would be amazing that, like, you know what we should do we should seriously line it up
0: where all three because then we're the you know the other two guys will just shoot the shit we'll talk actually i bet all four of us will talk right while yeah. the other guy's getting his haircut i dude, that would that would be a blast i would love it
2: man that would it would be fun it would be so cool how about should we th- should we thank them, Jack? We should, and that'd be great, Because right? we could go get beverages and so forth afterwards. And I or mean, during I since we say it every week, maybe it lessens the effect. But especially Will and all the barbers at Sheridan's and at Hensel's are are fantastic. Like for instance, he lined up my beard, like like check the lines, like the dude. I mean, he's just excellent at what he does. He's an artist, uh, so you should head there. You should head to Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, which has been serving the community for 69 years with six barbers. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or you can call 630-668-0137. And man, does he have Hensel's cooking in Naperville, as I said, I was there this past week and the chairs are full and people are waiting, but you can get in. All you have to do is go to you know Hensels.com or Henselsbarber.com and book yours, or you can walk in. Uh, it's located in downtown Naperville. It's been open since 1966. That's the cool thing about both these shops is there's so much history behind them, and they really get into the history of the communities that they're in. Hensels is open Tuesday through Saturday, uh, so go to Sheridansbarbershop.com. Or go to henselsbarbershop.com and book your appointment today. Sheridan's and Hensel's, where traditional meets modern. If you go to Hensel's
0: or you go to Sheridan's, please, please, please tell them that the guys of the Bear Down Chicago podcast said hello. I know we would appreciate it, and those guys would appreciate it greatly as well. All right, so I, I, there are so many things I want to talk about with this game but we got to get to Brendan's breakdown break. Brendan's got to tell us what happened so that we can talk about this game because dude, I just, there there's, there's a lot to say. And, and so I think, you know, the obvious thing in the room right now is the fact that, that uh, we are sans, uh, Patrick Sheldon, um, you know, he's, he just texted me, he's hanging with his, his boys, his sons right now, and so, a, as it should be, right, family comes first always, um, but I know that we, we all really disagree on this one, and so it's, it's time to get into it, but before we do that, let's hear it, baby, break it down for us, Brendan. Lucky
1: G. Wake up, everyone, because hibernation season is over. The Chicago Bears returned from their restful slumber that was their bye week for a clash against the Detroit Lions at Soldier Field. And the game might as well have been in the mighty, mighty jungle because the Lions were asleep tonight. The Bears played all the hits early on, but said, DJ turned it up, Did DJ turn it up, as DJ Moore turned it upfield for the first score of the game. Chicago built a 10-0 lead, but the Lions finally woke up and said, hey, Jameer, a minute, it gives me my coffee, as they ran to the end zone with the rookie running back to make it 10-6. And Detroit continued the run as Craig Frank Reynolds scored and said can i offer you an egg during these trying times might have been josh i can't remember but it was no longer sunny over chicago but things were about to change the bears decided to play some van halen by making the lions jump to get a td to more for the 1913 lead and the party didn't stop there instead of cowering late in the game justin fields channeled his inner thanos and said fine i'll do it myself scoring to extend the lead And just when the game looked like it would end in similar fashion as before, the Bears put the nail in the Jared Goffin with an interception to seal it. Bears 28, Lions 13.
0: So, Brendan. I mean this sincerely, dude, I've lost ways in which to tell you how freaking cool I think that is. And how good you are at that, uh, man, there's just so many, I just, I, I want to jump into it. That, that play, I texted you guys. I tweeted about it. It's making the guys jump off sides and then chucking it deep to, to DJ more for a tutty. It was like, cause I think I have PTSD from Aaron Rodgers doing that so many times to us that like watching it happen to someone other than, than us Bears I was like wait this is this is a good thing and there was a touchdown that was scored I just I'm like I'm so happy to talk about it like I don't I I still don't like Matt Eberflus and I still there's bad
1: stuff to talk about but that play was fun boys it was really really fun dude that was the turning point of the game I mean, it really was. They were tied. It was a fourth down. They weren't going to snap the ball. We all saw it. It was one of those just, hey, classic, let's try to make them jump. And if they don't, we're going to punt it away and live to fight another down. But the fact that everyone had the wherewithal, like Lucas Patrick, shout out to him for actually snapping the ball because how many times have we seen that happen where a guy jumps, but nobody does anything in time and the refs blow it dead. But the fact that they were able to do something right away, Justin Fields, finding DJ Moore right away for that deep ball, that it just really turning point of the game, a veteran play and something that maybe fields hasn't done the hard count too much, or at least gotten guys to jump. But yeah, we have not seen a play like that. Or even if we have in years past, it's just usually like a 10 yard play to get the first down. Like that was a huge, huge moment. That was turning point of the game easily. And um, I just can't, can't say enough how happy i am and how thrilled i am for every single person on that unit to doing their job to make it happen
2: it was a great play there (laughs) like i mean it was one of those like jump out of your seat both fists in the air like let's go you know (laughs) like some f-bombs dropped happy f-bombs for a change but still uh f-bombs dropped and uh it's kind of great every time i drop an f-bomb while watching the game i think my dog Cooper thinks that I'm yelling at him. So he like comes (laughs) over, sits on my lap and he's like, are you okay, bro? And I'm like, it's okay. I'm happy. (laughs) That's besides the point, but Bears finished, you know, you're right about like it being the turning point. And then the cherry on top was the fact that I, I remember sitting there when I was 13, 13, thinking this would be a lot of fun to watch if it weren't the bears and we didn't know about the history. Yeah. And so for it to end, end up after like that shift like you said, Ryan and Brendan and then for the defense to just slam the door for there being absolutely no momentum for the lions to come back and and repeat that, you know, travesty that happened last time. I, and and the offense did the what they needed to do. Guys, bears finished. 2 weeks in a row. People were really frustrated early in the year about them not finishing. They finished two weeks in a row.
0: So just the just really quick as for celebrations, the two and a half month old is sleeping in my wife's arms as she's watching baking shows, right? And I'm watching the TV almost on mute. I don't care. I get I get to watch uninterrupted football. I don't care. And I hopped up out of my seat as quietly as I possibly could. I'm throwing fists up in the air and wife looks at me and I was like, I didn't make a peep, no noise whatsoever, nothing, nada. And then the next thing I have to say, and this, this, this hurts. This hurts my soul. Uh, Matt Eberflus and Luke Getzey made adjustments at the half better than the other team. And I can't believe I'm saying this out coached. Another coach, period. Like, yeah, sure, it was Dan Campbell, but they out coached in the second half. I, I can't believe I said that. Like, what? What planet (laughs) is this?
2: I can't believe you said it. And I, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, the Bears won the turnover game. They had less penalties. They won time of possession again. Uh, You know, and I think, uh, you know, especially Iberflus's defense has just been on this transcendent. Like rise. I mean, to see them play defense right now is incredibly enjoyable. I mean, the way they show up at the ball and that they're angry and that they come in a crowd and that they're now forcing turnovers, uh, and that the secondary is making plays because they're getting actual pressure. I mean, that's been a long time coming. I mean, I think everybody just wants to see that same type of energy and flow on the offense. And I'm sure we'll talk about it, but that's, that's what's missing. We just have to figure this out. Uh, You know, maybe another piece on the offensive line, uh, maybe a a different OC, um, you know, maybe some more development for, for fields. I'm not sure what the answer is, but
1: it's just not quite there offensively yet. I want to say defensively, not only the takeaway is obviously impressive. I think, you know, stopping them on fourth down was big, but I was noticing even the completions that were being made tight, tight windows tight coverage that was more so like you know compliments to Jared Goff in the offense for making those happen because as soon as a ball was completed like defenders were draped all over them he had to make those very very tight throws there weren't guys running wide open like you know no very few broken coverages um you know the run defense was solid again I know David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs had some decent runs um early some of them early, some of them late, but just like even the fact that those passes that were completed and we saw this in the Vikings game too, guys were not going anywhere. They were just stopped. And so that, t- that told me that, okay, these defenders are, they're covering well. Sometimes you're going to let up those pass plays. It's going to happen. But the fact that no broken coverages, of course, we need the turnover battle, but those things really, really stood out to me. I, I was very impressed by just, you know, where everybody was at. It, it just seemed like yeah, Jackie said that the whole defense was on the same page for you know, the last few weeks now. Um, yeah, tremendous effort. And I will say, Luke Etsy as outside of the first drive that they had for the touchdown, everything else pretty much sucked in the first half. That fourth down call where you um what was that? a pitch to he was lined up in the backfield, pitched to more terrible call. The fact that Moore didn't get any targets in the first half was awful. And this probably was Luke Getze's best adjustment in the second half all season, I think. Well, what, what we talked a little bit. Go
2: ahead. I'm what specifically, did? Could I ask either of you? Was there something specific in terms of an adjustment that you saw from Fluser Getze that you're like, oh, look at that. I see it. Wow, good job. Well, Tar- targeting. Maybe- targeting
0: dj more i think that that's that's a big one like making a specific uh plan in which to do that at least seemingly to -hmm. make you know because we don't know what goes on you know in the calls per se i would say um a more of a commitment to run uh seemingly in the the second half um man that's a that's a that's a good one um I, i i i guess i would say this jack is i without watching the all 22 i can't put specific things on it, but what I will say is that just from watching Dan Campbell's defense, right? I know he like, whatever, whoever's defensive coordinator is, they make adjustments and they were not able to, to they, the, the bears were able to move the ball. And so that, that tells me that there had to be some kind of adjustments because we're not watching the same type of plays and the same dumb shit plays that mm. we watched. Like that, that we, we didn't watch another DJ Moore run, for the rest of the game instead you're, you're throwing it to him right so yeah i don't i don't know i i,
1: I need to watch the game again to, to answer your question they, they in my opinion they were shuffling linemen around um they i thought did a better job of well they could have run fields a little bit more on the outside because he was the only one getting through on the outside i think once they stopped trying to get running backs you know clear off the tackles that wasn't working well for them so kind of moving back up the middle i think was effective the passing plays were open too. Whether it was Darnell Mooney drops, Fields overflow or overthrows, excuse me, there were guys that were open. And I think that like, you know, Ryan, you were you and I were talking a lot about the DJ Moore overthrow, where it's like, why are you passing deep when you're just supposed to be burning clock? I mean, you can't have it both ways because this is exactly what got the Bears in trouble three weeks ago when it was just run up the middle, run up the middle, Lions call timeouts, and then you have one deep shot on a desperate third down. DJ Moore was open. It it was a good play up, you know, as he was streaking in the middle of the field. Fields just overthrew him. It was just a badly executed play. Um, So I think the things that were designed looked a lot better. It's just the players at times couldn't execute them, but they still were able to do enough to maintain the lead and extend it and get the win in the end.
0: I, I just think like when it was that uh third and I don't know, third and one or third and four, I don't know. It's third and short. I'm, t- I'm taking back a couple of games and he takes the deep shot for Tyler Scott and misses yeah. him. Right. And then this one where it's like, I, I, I texted you back. Like, uh, can we do a seven yard like slant? Like, is, is that too much to ask that? That's a, that's a, that's a high percentage pass that isn't a shot deep. That isn't run up.
1: the. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, but I'm it not, wasn't I'm, deep though. It, it really wasn't that deep. It was like maybe like 12 to f- like 15 yards, I think. So like it was in an intermediate um, and it was wide open. see now that, that that's the thing that Jack and I were talking a little bit about this and Brendan, you
0: and I were talking about this a little bit with the roar of the lions I mean, anyone that's that's all on board with, like, Justin Fields and thinks Justin Fields can do no wrong, I don't understand you. And the people that are like, Justin Fields is the worst quarterback in the face of the planet, I don't get you either, right? Like, Jack, I know you love nuance. He is inconsistent still at, at this point, right? Like, that, he had time in the pocket. He had a clean pocket. Nobody was in his face, and that right, unless unless someone can go back and show me the all twenty-two where like there's a defender right in his face. It sure didn't look like it. Sure, look he, he had a clean pocket which to throw and just missed a wide open receiver, which is the thing that just I I wanted to walk away from this game going, yes, Justin is the guy, or uh, it's time to draft Caleb Williams or Drake May. And I'm still not there. And I just like, I don't know if you guys are in the same place. Like I, I, I want to be at a, at a spot where I know that this is the guy. And because it is inconsistent, I am leaning more towards maybe Justin isn't the guy, but, but I feel like the flash plays are that get got that get coaches fired. Right. That's the, that's the, the, the quote that you were looking for, Brendan, we were on Roar of the lions, uh, Lewis Riddick, you know, flashes get coaches fired, but like, I feel like there are more flashes of good stuff that are happening that I'm leaning more towards. Maybe he's the guy possibly. Am I crazy?
2: No. I mean, I, I, as we were like messaging a bit earlier today, to me, if it were a no brainer, it'd be a no brainer. If you know, by now, if it was clear cut, here's our franchise quarterback that changes the trajectory of this team. We, we wouldn't be having the conversation we're having right now. We just wouldn't. And the fact that it's even debated in a polarizing fashion, you know, as you, as you laid out so well, Ryan tells you a little bit about it because there wouldn't be that debate. I mean, I, I don't want to say CJ Stroud cause he's an aberration, but even if there was some element of just a firm and clear Consistency in the way that he plays um, Then I think that It would be a much easier decision to make I think I'm in agreement with you Ryan That you do the fifth year extension But that you keep your options open Because to me the biggest issue it, it, Two things One it, it's clear by now I think that that Wherever the blame lies The Getsy fields combination isn't working Perhaps they share the blame I, I'm not real sure But in terms of like a consistent approach To playing offense in the NFL The two of them Working together, they can't seem to land on it, like game after game after game. That's one. Secondarily, I would be interesting to see a breakdown of straight dropbacks, deep drops in Justin Fields because we see, for instance, the play you mentioned where we pull the d- defense off sides and he fires a, just a laser to DJ Moore for a touchdown. We see other situations. There was a third and sixth play early in the game where I said, if we want this guy to be our quarterback and we want to win games, we need to hit these third and six types of plays. And he did. He hit commit on a crossing route for a first down. So we, we do see that. But we also see too often a deep drop and hesitation. I don't know if it's processing, I don't know if it's wide receivers getting open. But in my mind's eye, that doesn't matter anymore because ultimately it's on him. He's got protection in these cases that I'm talking about. He needs to make a decision after he hits that fifth step and he plants that back foot then I'm not saying he needs to throw immediately because sometimes plays take well a little longer to develop but then it either needs to be I'm going to throw it away I'm going to tuck it and I'm going to run or I'm going to try to throw it to a wide open receiver but we've got to stop with the flushing outside the tackles and getting hammered by the defense and throwing some crazy ass you know underhand I mean it looks like Zach Wilson in those situations. It looks bad. It is bad. And and maybe that's being too particular. But like to me, that's a big part of the game that he needs to get like figured out. He needs to refine that. I think we could all look at situations in the game where we see him standing back there with the ball. And our internal clock, I know we're not on the field. I know we never, but our internal clock is going, come on, come on, man let's go. You got, you've got to make a decision, Justin, you know, and he's not, and he's, if, <laughs> if,
0: if I can say the sentence out loud, Hey, Justin, throw the football now, right? right? Like out loud and not right. in a rushed way. Like that's a long time for a
1: quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. I, the good news is, and I, I think we're all in agreement. Like Justin Fields didn't have a bad game today. By Not any at means. all. No, He no, had a, Yeah, he had a good game. I'm not going to say like great, but it was very, very good. Um, and you saw like, obviously the things that make him so dangerous, the, the runs on the outside, how quickly and easily he gets those 10 yard or 11 yard runs, um, how he could just turn into a magician and make something out of nothing. He was dead to rights so many times in the first half. But then as Jack is saying, we did see many of those, not many, but a few of those plays where you're just like, get rid of the ball, run, do something because we know you can do it. You're, you're fast enough. Um, I don't know if it was something where like the defense was just showing him a lot early and he kind of got a little bit gun shy, but I will say today with what we saw, we haven't seen too much of that recently. And I know he was out for four games, but like, I don't think I've seen as many, I'd have to go back to like week two or week three, when I saw a lot of those moments where it's like, Justin, get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball. You got to do something. You're taking bad sacks. So that's good because a lot of those, like you're, you're not seeing them as frequently and you're seeing a lot more good versus bad. Um, so that's, that's kind of the thing. You're still going to get those, those moments. And you see a lot of times where fields is just not, you know, uh, we talk about urgency in the pocket, not so urgent at times uh, today, unfortunately, uh, but he was still able to make things happen. So you just, it feels like with fields, you're going to have to live with some of those th- things, but his upside, the things he does well, do they counteract that? And do they make him worth hanging on to and potentially doing something? The issue is the Carolina pick is, is right there. So, I mean, I'm not, I've said it on this show. I've said it on Twitter. I'm not going to make any blanket statements or any proclamations for the off season until week 18 ends, because I need to see the full picture and I'm not, I'm still not going to do that. So, but all I'm saying is, Fields has those, you know, inconsistencies, but I feel like they're getting the, you know, the bad parts are getting fewer and fewer, but we're still seeing a lot of the good. So I still say that's progress overall. So his floor has risen and his ceiling is still yet,
0: yet to be that's seen.
1: A- Thank you for summing up what I just couldn't do in three minutes. <laughs>
2: yes.
0: So, okay. So here I think we're all on the same page in this is that like, we like more of what we see out of Justin Fields than the things that we don't like out of Justin Fields. Are any of you ready to sign him? I know Brendan, you kind of said that, but like, are any of you ready to sign him to a long-term deal right now? Cause I'm not, I I, I say sign that fifth year option. I, I was much more on the fence at the beginning of the season. Now I'm saying like, I, I don't know, you know, in terms of dollars, does that prohibit you then from, from signing a big free agent Then, if you've got his fifth-year option and your ability to, to draft a quarterback? But, like, you know, it could make for an awkward situation if you've got Caleb Williams and Justin Fields next season. You know, but, but then maybe Justin Fields becomes trade bait. I, I don't know. I just – to me, it just seems like a no-brainer to sign him to the fifth-year option
1: and then wait and see – Brendan, well, Jack, what are you thinking about that? Please. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The fifth year option, the deadline to do so isn't until May. So you're yeah. going through the entire draft and you're going to know what your, you know, where you pick, who the players are that you want, and Assuming that the Bears have the first overall pick, which is looking likelier and likelier again, I'm not making proclamations. You will likely have your op- opportunity to get the quarterback you want, so that's kind of the good news. You can go through the entire draft and then make a decision on fields. So that's that's the best part. You don't have to make a decision yet. Uh, two thoughts.
2: Um, one is thinking uh, in the first half about the play in which Justin. Was backed up to the To the Bears' end zone And he turned a potential sack And safety (laughs) Into a first down Mm -hmm. I mean the the fact that he still Has that (laughs) within his Capabilities is Insane I mean So athletic and 100% incredible and That's a bit of a unicorn You know there's a couple guys I think that can do that In the league awesome I mean just awesome Um, but I, I just, uh, okay. This is maybe where I just get lambasted for, you don't know ball. Uh, why not bring more quarterbacks into the building? I mean, there's 50 plus quarterbacks have started a game in the league this year. There's only like five or six that you could put at elite. I, I understand what you're saying, Ryan, about like awkward, like, but, but I mean, Aaron Rodgers was drafted with Brett Favre in the building and I know people got pissy about it, but then. Dude sat behind Brett Favre, and then he got groomed. groomed, he got. He watched, and he was better. And he ended up being a Hall of Fame quarterback. I realized that is also an aberration. But right. More QBs, more better. I mean, what what's the problem what? with bringing in a couple of guys? The, the more you like, the wider net you cast, the more likely you might get your franchise quarterback. Am I just an idiot for thinking that? The only thing
0: I'll say to that is, if you're picking at one in four. Do you know what I mean? Like you could get Marvin Harrison Jr. And of a, a stud left tackle. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you, you, you could get a lot. Now, if you decide to take one of those picks and trade down, and then, you know, you're now at 15, 16, 20 or something, and you have a guy that you still think is a first or second round talent at quarterback Jack, then I'm totally with you, dude. But I just, if you pick Caleb Williams, number one overall, and you know, and then it's like, at that point, then I don't understand. Like, I mean, I, I guess it's, it's, it's riches, but like, you could have gotten another weapon for those guys. You could have gotten some more protection for those guys as opposed to having two quarterbacks. And Now you're going to trade one away. And then maybe you do maybe you trade them away for a left tackle and, and some, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of situations. I see what you're saying, but I, I wouldn't do that
2: per se.
1: You could do the chargers like drew Brees and Phillip rivers too. That's yeah. I, mean, I,
2: I I don't understand fully. I mean, I guess I do. And maybe I'm maybe I am a little like, old school or not completely, you know, understanding the vibe in this situation. But I, I still I mean, you're sending a me- You draft Caleb Wilson. So then you're automatically s- sending a message to Justin Fields that he's not the guy. Why? Like talk in the building. I mean, Paul seems to be able to do a pretty good job of talking to players. And like, d- it's I think developing uh, this uh, organization in the right direction. <laughs> I mean, win the job. When the, win the job, Justin, Win the job, Caleb, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's again, just if I'm fully I, I, off I th- to say so, cause I think you bring up a really good point. Jack is
0: we haven't really seen what Justin Fields looks like with a true competition at quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you could say Andy Dalton, but I mean, that, that that's, that's different, right? They're trying to develop him and he's a rookie and all that sort of stuff. Like to, to, to bring in someone that you think like, Hey, maybe this is our guy. Maybe he rises and he,
1: he plays a little bit better. I don't know. Well, but this kind of is the competition because even though somebody's literally not in the building, there's that proverbial very well said shadow over there like, hey, you know, this is what could be coming if you don't play better and, you know, make yourself into that franchise quarterback. So even though I think, you know, the point is that having somebody else in the building, I think could push him, but. That's out there. He knows it. Everybody knows it. Like especially where the Bears are at. Like he has to leave no doubts essentially. And even if, even if he leaves no doubts, there is still a valid argument. I would say to picking another quarterback. Like Jack said, you you really can't have too many. And I, I know I'm I'm waffling. I know I'm taking the easy way out. By not saying I'm not making proclamations. But I will just say, if the Bears end up with the number one overall pick. It is going to be very hard for a GM to not pick back like quarterbacks in either one of them, especially for a guy who we're we're all coming at this for as media, as fans, as you know, whatever, as podcasters. That's Ryan Poles' job, you know, like he's got to do something to make sure that he has job security. There's nothing better than getting a rookie quarterback and essentially saying this is my guy and we have to see it through. So. That's kind of where it's at. It's it's very difficult. But I think the competition with Justin Fields, it's already happening. He already has that proverbial quarterback in the building.
2: I guess the only other factor, What well, I was going to make two points. One was the one you already made. Like, you, can you pass up on two straight classes of quarterbacks? But the other thing is, like, I mean, Ooh. look at C.J. Stroud, you know, um, uh, look at uh, Richardson uh, and then who's in Carolina. Help me out.
0: Oh uh Bryce Young. Bryce Young Bryce Young Bryce Young
2: why is there an automatic assumption that you're if you're picked high in the first round as a quarterback that that you found your your guy because it doesn't always like I like, I wonder what the probabilities are of picking a first round quarterback and that first round quarterback becoming a a significant starting first round quarterback I mean where's I mean Will Levis maybe maybe Will Levis makes it maybe you know um Bryce Young makes it Looks like C.J. Stroud is going to. Is Richardson going to get healthy and come back? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, there, there is Leavitt's no guarantee. The second, by the way, what's that? He's the second round. That's by what the I way, was Williams. wondering if he was second round. But I think my point still stands. Is like, it doesn't. It's not just like I draft the first round quarterback and we have a franchise quarterback. It, if we don't know how it works out, a lot of times. <laughs> which is why I
0: think we're all like back and forth on, on the fields thing, because he has seemingly shown some development and, and maybe turning the corner to beat a guy. I mean, in, in some regards, we could probably say that right now he's playing the best quarterback, like of a Chicago bears quarterback over the last 20 years, maybe.
2: That's interesting. I mean,
0: Jay had moments right? And, I, but I think they were even more extreme. I mean, they both turned the ball over a lot. Jay had a cannon for an arm and and found, you know, receivers in, in tight windows. Um, but also just had just games like you throw four interceptions and no touchdowns. Do you know what I mean? So like, I, I, I don't know, like I am, part of me says like, I want to, I, I want to see where this Justin Fields thing goes. I, I get it. Like Caleb Williams might be the guy. I don't, I'm not as convinced as other people are. Drake May, I don't know enough about him to to make any comments about it, but I just I I I like Justin Fields as a leader. I, I like his athleticism, Jack as you I mean, it just, dude, he's fun to watch. But when he, when you saw that ball pop up, yes, he had already, he was already down, but the, but the ball came out again. It's like, Justin, you cannot fumble the football again. It's, it's just maddening. Like, I, I want to see where this goes, but I also, it's like, if, if you have ultimate conviction that Caleb Williams is the guy and you're Ryan Poles, cause that's how you put food on your table like, then you got, you got to go that way. Like I, I, I like Justin Fields, but I love the Chicago bears more than I love Justin Fields. I would love for him to be the guy that takes us to a championship, but if he's not, thank you so much for your time here. I want the guy that's going
1: to be that guy. I will say we've had, and I want to highlight our guy, TJ Brooks. Leadership is his concern with Caleb. I think that's fair. I mean, I, I don't know how, good or bad caleb williams is as a leader we all see the clips of him crying with his family and not wanting to talk with media or whatever um with justin fields as the quarterback these last two years and maybe this is an eberflus win this also is probably a justin fields win that team continues to stay strong through adversity and we hear all the time that these guys are battling for fields he's their guy He's the one who's taken accountability in the locker room for when things go badly. We we saw it in the Minnesota game when he had those two fumbles. He said, "Hey, that's on me. I appreciate you guys having my back for that." This team does follow him, and I do think that's important because you could get a guy. I mean, look at all this stuff with Jay Cutler. Like he had, he had all the intangibles. He could, he could win a game with his arm, but he fought with. There just wasn't that cohesion with team leaders or anything like that. And I think with with Mitch yeah some guys had his back but it wasn't really like this you didn't feel like it was his team you know what I mean so I I just I think there is something to say for Justin Fields leadership and how people respond to him especially with how the team has kind of fought through that adversity and now you're seeing the you know those uh those fruits come to life uh these past like you know few weeks um so I I just think that is something to you know that warrants consideration I want to go to this. This is a TJ Brooks
0: showing up a lot in the comments, but I think this is the one that, that has stuck with me for a lot of this show. Now Um, Iberflus is winning me back. Getsy still needs to go. I mean, I really, when we think about, you know, what's going to happen, it, it's all predicated on who's the head coach. You know, if, if it's Iberflus and they're drafting a quarterback, oh man, I don't, Luke Getzey cannot be the guy to, to, to develop a quarterback. He's too inconsistent to be the guy. Now, Jack, I think you, you've brought this point up a lot. Can he grow into the role? Maybe, but, but that's a, I don't want someone to grow into the, the, the process, process of developing a quarterback. I want a guy that, that knows how to do it. That's, you know, if you're going to get that first overall pick and if, and if it's, you know, either way, like, I, I just don't see how Luke Getze is the guy. I, I I go back to Tyler Aki a couple weeks ago, who, again, I love Tyler. I, like, him loving Luke Getze. His inconsistencies are just maddening. So, Shells was texting us in, in the group thread. It was uh, Bears are somewhere in, inside the 10, maybe, and Fields goes back to drop back. It's one of the ones where we had to settle for a field goal, and it was, like, all go routes of all your receivers – what what are we What are, what is he doing like he, he makes a great play call like the design run outside to dj Moore. um a couple spots where he gets dj Moore wide open in the second half and then a couple where you're just like bro that's not nfl offense it's not like hey that was a bad play call throw it out it's like that shouldn't that shouldn't be anywhere near your play call sheet
2: yeah i i mean i i think i agree for a moment i want to look a little more macroscopically because like we were talking about before the game, I, I do think like, if I, if I, if you zoom out a little bit, I, I think that this franchise is currently building something. <laughs> There's still money to spend. Uh, they've locked up key guys in key positions. They are developing young players. See, you know, uh, uh, is it Devon uh, Dexter, Dexter, Javon Jervon Dexter, Dexter uh wow that is really coming on uh they've got another like high like a lot of high draft picks they've got you know free agency so uh, my look at it right now is that they are building something good with players who can actually impact games all right so so not you're right i do think there needs to be some some potential adjustments with coaching Obviously, we've been in some you know heated arguments about Fluese, but I just want to reiterate I, I'm not sure if he if he is the guy that will take us to a championship, or or maybe there is a consider. Keep building the players, keep, keep building this roster, and maybe keep investigating to find who you think will be that guy. Again, similar to the Chicago Cubs, uh, placeholder and then Madden to win the World Series. I, I think that happens in in great sports towns with great sports teams, with championship teams. So if that needs to be the case, then, then that's fine. Um, I agree with you about Getze. I think we're at a point now where we've seen his inconsistencies long enough that, um, it, you know, at some point your action speaks so loud that, you know, I can't hear what you're saying anymore. As we said uh, earlier, uh, he doesn't seem to have a sense. You know, right? Uh, Brendan, you mentioned that fourth and one call. Th- there's probably like three to four times in a game where some sort of a play like that should be called and it's it's all about the timing and and like place on the field down in distance catching the defense off guard and bottom line he just doesn't have a sense for that he doesn't he doesn't have a sense for those three to four instances in which you do call those plays and when you don't call those plays and then on the flip side he doesn't have a good sense for curating a second half offensive scheme that buries a team like detroit a little while ago like Minnesota even like Detroit today he, he's just shown he doesn't have a knack for that ultimately in my opinion
1: I will say I'll to play devil's advocate how many screen passes did we see today we, we didn't see many we saw
2: one I think really 20. poorly called tunnel screen after a turnover yeah. at the like 20
1: going in and it was just a debacle but you are correct there were less so my point is, and this is a very low bar. Luke Getz—he's not an idiot. Could do the Matt Nagy. I know, you know, I know we need to run the ball more. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> yeah, but I'll—I def- defended last week or two weeks ago uh, to an extent, knowing that Minnesota likes to throw a bunch of blitzes. You have to get the ball out early. Okay, try some screens, but not adjusting was the thing that killed them. This week, they knew Equinemia St. Brown wasn't going to be there. They knew going after. I think there was some talks. Uh, I think there were some reports that came out that, hey, Maddie Refluse and Ryan Poles maybe talked to Luke Getzey and said, hey, we can't do this anymore. We have to push the ball downfield a little Good. bit. We can't rely on the horizontal game as much as we did. And he he adjusted. And we talked about the second half. He called a much better second half. I think a lot of those plays that were missed were more so on the players themselves, not on the actual calls. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I still don't think he's the long-term guy. but I'm glad to know that at the very least he can make those key adjustments, not make the same mistake twice now and actually curate an offense for the defense that he's going against. I, it just feels like he, he is able to do that. He just doesn't, he either overcorrects it or just doesn't take the next step after the defense shows them what they're going to do. But today I think he did. So I'll give him his credit there. Luke Getze and Matt Berflusse, outcoached Ben Johnson and Dan Campbell today. Like I think Ryan, you said it before, like they, yeah. they coached them, but you got to give them credit for that. Oh, absolutely. But
0: inconsistency, that's the thing. I, I don't think any of us have said that Luke Etsy hasn't had a good game or that he hasn't called good stuff. None of us are saying that, right? It's the absolute and utter inconsistency of it, right? Like yeah. he, he, he was abysmally awful, terrible, no good last week. And then he was, he was pretty good. I mean, a couple plays that make you just go, what, what the hell are you doing? Right. But then that's the thing, Brennan, If, if it was like, if it was all bad, right. Like everyone would know, like, and this guy would be gone for sure. But, but the inconsistency part of it, right. So, so next week against Cleveland, is he going to do some dumb shit that that gets fields like hurt again or or you know stalls out the offense like i kind of think that he will like first drive like credit where credit is due both him and Fluce came to play. Like those dudes did their homework. They had two weeks to do it, so they should have done it, right? And they'd already seen that team before, so so you you give credit where credit is due, right? But then he stalls out again. What was that second quarter? Like really, really bad offense. And then he calls some great stuff in the second half. So like, Brennan, I, I totally agree with you, and I love that you're playing devil's advocate, but I think the inconsistency of this play caller tells you that this isn't the guy right because as jack and i were talking in the beginning uh, uh, before the show before we started recording i don't know like fields could be better than i think because luke getsy's so damn inconsistent i mean he also might be a little bit worse i don't know that either but i'm just saying like i i (laughs) i need to see something significantly more out of him and i haven't seen it so something's got to change and i i I think it has to be luke getsy
1: yeah, I, maybe I'm just forgiving or at least I'm happy that the mistakes that were made in the previous game did not show up again in this game. That's progress to me. And if you look around the league, like watch other games closely, so many things can be second-guessed and so many – we we all do this. We zero in on the Bears specifically and it's like, well, other teams don't have this problem. Yeah, they do (laughs) like not, no, no play caller is going to have a perfect game. And I'm just, maybe I'm just forgiving the fact that I'll say 75%, maybe 80% of Luke gets play calling today was good. Definitely things we would change. But I think if you go across the NFL, you're going to say the same thing or for some of those offenses that do really well, like, yeah, 75, 80%, like that's where we want to be. And then there's other teams where it's much, much worse but I, I'm trying to like look at it from a macro level across the league because I just I saw a lot of improvement today. That's all I'm going to say. He is inconsistent. You're absolutely yeah. right. And want, it's kind of like Justin Fields. Luke Getze, we need to see a lot of that in the next four or five game. Well, four games now. Um, because you are also on an audition, I would say. You have to call a better offense. You have to make sure this unit is working together underneath you. So – and today was a good step in that direction. Now, I mean, if you're asking me right at this moment, do I want to bring him back for 2024? Probably not. But at the same time, if he, if Eber stays, who are you going to get to call the offense? Like that's what how, that's how you get Mike Martz when Lovey Smith was a lame duck head coach. It's very it's tricky. So I don't know. But I, I'll just acknowledge that I saw growth today and you know if it's a week by week league and you know that's it's the least uh, i guess that i'll take right now jack just let me l- let yeah. me throw this just one yeah. thing very, very quick if it was 80 percent good
0: plays every single week i would shut my mouth right now no. it's yeah. not
2: i would say like somebody needs to maybe take a look i don't know what he's doing specifically when he's like orchestrating that first drive which, I mean, those have been phenomenal. I don't know if there's like, it's like, maybe it's like Watermelon Sour Patch Kids that he's eating and then like, or maybe there's an IPA that he especially likes or maybe he's in a specific room with a specific pen. But whatever it is that he's doing with the first drive orchestration, if we could just capture that a little bit like and like make it, or maybe there's too many IPAs and then we just start to unravel as the game scheme and the game will continue. I don't know what it is. But dude can do a first drive play script like probably pro bowler level in the in the in the NFL right now.
1: I mean he just freaking owns the first drive. Can I ask you a question, both of you? How do you feel about the Bears continuing to say we want the ball and we're going to score That's to open a the game? Great
2: question, Brendan. Because I thought about that uh, at when the Detroit Lions scored at the end of the half. I was going to text you because you and I have talked about you, this quite talk, a bit. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I think I'm out on. We want the ball. I think I'm out on it. I don't think it's working. But then I think both last time against Detroit and this time, the defense three and outed the Lions. So okay,
0: <laughs> maybe they're scripting right in, in, in halftime too. I, I, I again, I full credit where credit is due. Like they, they've been exceptional in that regard. They're doing their homework. They're, they're not complete and utter idiots. I just. Here's the thing. We're gonna go to our one and only true/false, which I and I don't think any of us can answer, but I think I know my answer, and I think we've been kind of circling around this true or false. Iberflus is the guy to bring the Bears back to the Super Bowl. You know, I... for Jesus this, price. <laughs> <laughs> but we're. But... But here's the thing, you know, people are like, oh, you know, I want to play. We want to win a freaking championship, right? Like, I, 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 th- this is, this is the question we got to go after. So, okay. so for this one, we're going to go, we're going to go, Brendan, we're going
1: to go, Jack, and, I, and I'm going to finish it up.
0: All right. Uh question for a caveat
1: is it bring back to the Super Bowl and not win it?
0: I just said bring us back to Super Bowl, win or lose it. I don't, I just, to, to make us competitive and a real contender again. All
1: right, let's go true, baby, because Matt Eberflus is the second coming of Lovey Smith. They're going to go back to the Super Bowl and not win it. But God damn it, we are going to hold on to that for as long as we can to get all the positive memories, baby. Um, no, I, I guess screw it just for the sake of the question. I'll say true um, because I do – Maybe I'm just leaning into the Lovey Smith parallel because this does remind me a little bit of 2005, even though it's way too late at this point. But when the team actually started to win, and you can kind of see that they're turning a corner and they're playing consistent, good football with a great defense. And this, admittedly, is a better offense. Lovey Smith did that, and he was able to build a consistent winner. And shoot, I mean, might as well just hope for the best and say Maddie Rifluse is that, even though if I don't totally believe it. I will say true. But I'm supposed to
2: be the contrarian, Brendan. I know. Not, like, what am I supposed <laughs> to do now? Uh, well, I, I'm going to say true. And I, again, for the thousandth time, I just want to reiterate that I do see flaws in the way in which matter. Eberflus coaches. I, I do not think uh, by any stretch of the imagination that he is, you know, uh, at the level of an Andy Reid or that he's at the level of a Matt LaFleur. I do not. I don't. I do think that he has shown a great deal of of stick-to-itiveness in the last two seasons. I do think that last year it is really difficult to, to judge uh, his particular performance in terms of wins and losses with a stripped-down roster, and the fact that he was able to keep the team playing together and motivated football uh, is great. I am like you. I am disappointed, all of you, I think, in the way that the course of this season has progressed and that there were certain areas that did not progress in ways that we had hoped. I still think that we're watching. I hope, gosh, I hope I I would think that you all hope this too. And I understand if you maybe don't believe that it's going to happen, but I think there's a confluence of events that's occurring here. And I think we're watching it happen and we're going to watch it unfold as the talent continues to rise and get better. And I do think as players continue to develop, and once they get all the right pieces in place on the coaching staff, that we're going to be uh, at a championship level football team.
1: Hey, man, I don't believe it either. Like, I'm just saying stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a loaded question, bro. What? Tell, what? Me, tell me
2: why not. Because they have beaten
0: Dobbs. Bryce Young, Brian Hoyer, and Jared Goff in December, right? And all of a sudden, we're talking about like Matty Rufflus's defense has played well. I, I his defense has played some terrible football teams, and they and they've done they've done okay. Like I I I mean, really, truly, the defense has looked a lot better. But to say that this is the guy that's that's going to lead this team to a to a Super Bowl. Like I don't know what you guys are smoking, but I want some of it. Like I, 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 I don't think he's a complete and utter idiot, right? Like and I guess maybe I have to rain, you know, rain it back just a little bit. And just the fact is, like, I, I mean, he he does his homework. He knows his stuff. He's 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 done a better job with that sort of stuff than than Matt Nagy ever did. But I just, <laughs> I mean, this is the best team that they that they've beaten, right? But really, like detroit's been reeling right They that first we, we we punched them in the mouth and they came back and they beat us then they get beat by green bay and then now like now now this like i i don't i don't think detroit's detroit is what minnesota was last year right i don't i think the second detroit gets to the playoffs they're going to get spanked by a really good football team right i i don't I don't know where the, where the, where the faith in this guy comes from to, to think now, now Jack, I do, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Trajectory, right. That, that, that the bears might be headed in a good place, but I also fear that this win might have actually put us further back because then the bears are sort going to go huh maybe Maddie Berfloos is the guy. And then next year we'll come in and like, yeah, Matt Berfloos might be the guy and no, he's not. And you missed out on an opportunity, maybe potentially at getting someone that, that could be a really, really good head football coach. Like, I don't want to take anything away, right? Cause again, I know nuance is important, Jack. You you've, you've said it so, so, so well, but I just, I, I
1: what? Like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Because you say that, and you say like, well, if the Bears end up winning at the end of the year and show they're competitive, well, that just means we're definitely going to keep up. Maybe that means that this thing was actually working. And yes, I lost faith in this coaching staff earlier in the season. And I will happily eat my words if Matt Iberflus and Ryan Poles and all of them show a lot of us that we were just stupid or just didn't believe in the process. I can't tell you how many teams, like go back to Carolina last year. Do you think that they... Would have rather stayed with Steve Wilkes after he almost got them to a playoff win instead of saying, "Now nah, we're going to hire that offensive guru guy, the guy who can bring our next quarterback into the fold." And now they're sitting at one and freaking twelve. Or the Raiders with Rich Bisaccia. he comes in, they they maintain, and they're able to get into a wild card round, even though they lost. And they said, "Well, what if we bring this guy back? We had success with them. Now let's just go get another offensive guru, Josh McDaniels." If you see success, that's not a bad thing. Like, it means that something was actually working and maybe things actually just took a little bit longer to turn around. Like, I'm not going to be mad about that at all. Um, you know, like, if the, because that means it actually worked. Now, if they lose out from here, then that's an issue. And, or if they lose out from here and things go back and then they keep them, very different conversation for sure. So, I, I just that's where I have an issue because I want but- to see actually see things come to life. But but if they beat the Browns, okay, the Browns have a good record, okay, awesome. that that's awesome.
0: Right? But then if they beat the Cardinals and the Falcons, right? It, it, like okay, those are not very good football teams. Like it, it, is it a mirage, right? That that it's like this this temporary short-term success of winning will then push us back long-term. Like that that's
2: I I just don't I I don't know. Yeah, you, I, I mean, I, it is. I mean, we've all been hurt. We've all been hurt by this team, and so I do understand. But I mean, can can you see like a little bit here where it's like only in Bears' world are we like lamenting a possible win out? <laughs> like, what what when we oh. can still get the first overall pick <laughs> and still get the first overall pick? And, and I mean, just to push back a little bit, I guess, Brian. I mean. And your point is pretty good. I mean, I'm not sure as if we beat any real substantial teams, but, but we beat we, – we, we, went, we went at the uh, Panthers, right? We played Detroit really pretty well, nearly win that game. I believe Minnesota was on a heater when they came in, right? Dobbs was on a heater, um, won that game. Um, Barely. <laughs> W's a W, bro. Uh, it, 12 win, points. At win at the Lions. Uh, I had them at eight and nine. They're sitting at five wins with four games left. I, I don't know. Like and I won't fly off the handle again this week, I promise. But it's like, what do y'all want? What what do y'all want exactly? Like it like is, eight, is seven to eight wins? You're gonna be bummed with seven to eight wins. Consider where they were last year. No,
0: no, I I, I won't be bummed, but I just <laughs> I think also like what you're saying about this organization that, that like bears fans are are bummed, but it's also like, we're, we're also like, if we get to a playoff game, gee whiz guys, like that'll be it. Like, I don't, I don't want a gee whiz moment. Like I want, I want to win a champion. I want to be in constant competition for it. And I just don't see that a guy that, that is inconsistent in, in his, in his winning, in his play calling, like all, all across the board, right? Like, I don't understand, like, how that's going to be the guy that's just going to magically turn into, you know, uh Papa
1: Bear Hallis. Like I I
0: that that that's where I'm at.
1: No, but I think in this like going from last year where just they were awful god yes, awful 100 and then to get to a potential play like we in the hunt baby <laughs> like if that actually happens um it, it's insane like you know we're thankful, it, it's a again it's a low bar to clear but you get one more win you've already doubled the win total from last year that is progress you do want to see more but i don't know i'm maybe i'm drinking the kool-aid now i do see that things are consistently happening in a good manner and The guys just continue to play. This team probably should have fallen apart completely after week three when they lost their goddamn defensive coordinator, when there was friction potentially between the players and coaches. like Things probably should have just completely fallen off like it did with the Panthers or with the Jets or with the Raiders and all of that. But it didn't. I mean, and that's, uh, yeah. This
0: was significantly more fun than last year right? Like watching, watching back to, okay. Not, not the back-to-back wins part watching today. It was fun. It was, I, I'm a bears fan. I like watching the 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 bears win football games. I, I truly, truly do. Right. But I just, I don't want short term mediocrity to impact a potential long-term success. And like, I, I, I get that you guys are, I, I, I get it. I really, really do. I mean, truly, I get it. Like the, it, the bears look better. They passed the eye test over the last couple of weeks that they look better. I mean, minus, okay, but be, barely beating Bryce young, barely beating Bryce young, only putting up 12 points against Minnesota's defense. Like, I don't, I don't see how that's a bar for success to, for, for long-term sustained success. Now a win is a win, Jack, hundred percent. Totally agree with you. Right. But, but I just, it, I feel like I'm, I'm a
2: crazy person right now for, for, I don't know. I'll shut you, up. you have a group of you have a group of people seemingly in the building right now who recognize Darnall Wright as a talent, who recognize Braxton Jones as a talent, Kyler Gordon as a talent, Tremaine Edwards as a talent, TJ Brooks, Stevenson Brisker. <laughs> Did you do I that on purpose? <laughs> Did you do that on purpose? I
0: always do that. D- Ed Edmonds Edwards. Oh Thank you,
2: Edmonds yeah. Edwards. You, that's just how much I love TJ. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, and I think I could continue I could continue to list, guys. That's what I see. I see a group of guys who seemingly currently have a knack like we haven't seen before, especially under Pace and Nagy, uh who seemingly have the ability to target talent and bring them into the building. That's one, to be able to collect picks to improve the roster. To be able to find talent through free agency, to improve the roster, to develop people within their team, and that's what I see. So again, it, Matt Eberflus will benefit from that. Any coach in the building would benefit from that. That's going to continue to to snowball in a in a positive way. So if there are any positive characteristics to Matt Eberflus, then those things are going to be accentuated by there being better players in the building, and that would be true of any coach.
0: What? Why? Why are Ryan Poles players. Like, why are you giving Matt Eberflus credit for bringing in the guys that
2: Ryan Poles, right? I'm just giving giving, giving the guys in charge right Right. now. Credit ultimately. Right. Ryan Ryan Poles is a part of that process. Yes, but he he knows good players. He's he knows good defensive players. But then, then, then why
0: then at the beginning of the season, did they look like hot garbage against good teams, right? With the same talented guys that they have, right? Like, that that's like, do we need to go? I know going way, way back to watch them against the Kansas city chiefs and tell me that this team is close. Now I understand like as the season progresses and things change, I get that. I get that. I get that. But like Ryan Poles gave really good players to Matt Eberflus. And we, this is, this is his first time winning two games in a
2: row. Like, I don't, I I just don't. Right. It was a new right tackle. You know, I mean, like they were heavily injured on, on, on the defense to start the season out. I mean, true. I, I don't they know. Had, I don't think they've hit their stride until now they're healthy and seemingly having most of their like players together. And, and I'm sorry, i will let you go, but also that just that factor of like having Adkins out and like, you know, having Jones out for a little while. So, so trying to, to, to gel, uh, the right guard. I'm sorry. I, I'm bad with names today. Nate Adkins. Davis Jenkins. Gosh, what am I doing today? Sorry.
0: Jenkins or Nate Davis, which yeah, one uh, I'm talking
2: about Nate Davis. Um, Trying to think of Atkins, I have no idea the Atkins diet tonight. (laughs) Um, eat meat until you get the gout and also lose weight. Uh, so but I think there is something to be said, as we've said, that it takes time for those players to gel with the players that are next to them. Not making excuses, you're right. Hot garbage against Green Bay is terrible, but I mean, there, as Brendan has been saying, there, there has been clearly progress in the right direction. I, ju- I just
0: don't want to watch this team, get our hopes up and then get another crushing loss to green Bay at the end of the season.
1: I, I just, well, and you hurt- know what, Orion, if they do, then that's, that's an indictment on the coaching staff. Yeah. You can't play well against your biggest rival. And that is probably, that's in a different conversation. I, I think that's very, you know, there's still the season to be played. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. It's just, I think that is something that will weigh heavily. With this, uh, especially yeah. ownership, they say they take Green Bay games more seriously than others, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, and we'll. then go ahead, sorry, I keep in her. Nope, we're good, we're good, please, Brendan. Go. Um, I, I was just gonna say with the Kansas City game, that was right during the turmoil, too. Like with Alan Williams, I saw somebody tweet and it's, it's true, but like you don't know what Alan Williams did, but it's like damn it, couldn't someone have gone through his phone back in July? <laughs> I mean, really? Because, like, this shit was not good against the Packers, obviously. They were in turmoil against the Buccaneers and then the Chiefs because right before the Chiefs, that's when everything went down with his dismissal and all those rumors and everything like that. It was the one of the worst weeks in Bears history. So once he got through those first few weeks, then the team overall played much better football, even if the wins weren't there. So yeah, it, it at least progressed there, but I understand your, you know the, the Green Bay loss is the one that is the most inexcusable because you had time, you knew it was the, the opponent for a long time. You couldn't let Jordan Love look the way he did, and you couldn't come out flat as he did. I hate to say this.
0: I think I was right. Jordan Love looks like a good quarterback right now. that that hurts my heart to say that. Like truly hurts my heart to say that. And you know, man. Matt Lafleur, if, if Justin Fields was in that offense, like does he does he look like like a like a total world beater at this point? Like, man, you yeah, know, the, I, the
2: Packers just have a great process for developing quarterbacks. They have a great, yeah. uh, and, a very good head coach and a very good
1: offensive play caller. And there's and no we denying. don't, and we don't. <laughs> the because guys who wanted Matt Eberflus fired earlier in the season are the dumbest fans I've ever seen one wanted Matt Iberflus fired. Oh, you mean Lafleur? I see Iberflus. Jesus Christ! God, like, I did right. was like, <laughs> it's my fault." I'm no, doing it to you, Matt
2: LeFleur. I'm doing
1: no. it to you too. All right, hold on. I'm going to do push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> just,
0: just
2: for all of you, audio only <laughs> listeners. Brendan oh, Chagru oh, is actually shit. doing push-ups if that's right the, now. If that's the penalty for mispronouncing and misnaming people I'm gonna be the most ripped freaking podcast host in the country Atkins I was like who's who's Atkins? <laughs> does he, does, does he play
0: in San Diego? Does he play in San Diego?
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh oh poor Jack. okay. Boys hey, it- be nice to it- your elders.
0: <laughs> I hey I, in the, in the, in the, you know, discourse, I I think that is is so important. No one wants to sit and watch a podcast where everybody agrees with everything. And, and I, and I love that we're, we're willing to listen to, to the other ones. Um, You know, so yeah. Uh, I just want to put this out here. Matt Vander Zanden, you guys are under the influence tonight. Um, We're having beers
2: tonight. That's crazy. Usually I I am. There's so. (laughs) To the beers for clarity. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so all right so boys
0: is it, is it okay if we get back to talking about the game i know you're just we, we got to do a little outhouse penthouse there are some things that that i for sure definitely want to talk about as i'm sure you guys want to talk about is that all right yes let's do two, two time to. the outhouse and the penthouse now folks you know the outhouse and the penthouse is brought to you by our guy jeff Cadwallader. Now he's been working so hard since the year the the beginning of the year to expand his real estate services to now include commercial properties. Folks, he has been absolutely utterly killing it. Doesn't matter if you're a business owner, a homeowner, or investor, if you're looking to buy or sell or lease, commercial or residential properties, Jeff is your guy, he's our guy. Please give him a call, give him a text, 630-254-4734, visit genevajeff.com. Jeff Cadwallader with SVN Landmark. He is the absolute and utter best. If you're even thinking about it, just like, you know, I don't know. Maybe start doing research. Just text Jeff. He he will send you in the right direction. Absolutely no pressure whatsoever. He is your guy. And if you do talk to Jeff, let him know. The guy's the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Say hello. All right. So since the Bears won. All right, Brendan, how about can we do? Okay. You want to do double. Do you want to do double penthouse? You want to do double penthouse? penthouse? <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine we will, but we got a snake order that draft. So we're gonna go Brendan, Jack, me, and then we'll go right back around. We'll do another penthouse and then we'll do the outhouse. All right, so Brendan, be nice. Who's your penthouse? Oh, I, will,
1: I will be nice. Um, so this is uh my penthouse goes to Phil Snow. For those who don't know, Phil Snow is the defensive coach or I guess assistant that the Bears hired eight weeks ago, nine weeks ago. Um, after Alan Williams was out, this dude has done a phenomenal job, and I'm going to read some stats per Warren Sharp, where he tweeted out yesterday, what is happening in Chicago over the last eight weeks? This was before this week, of course. Bears pasty ranks first in interceptions, second in yards per allowed. Chicago's run D ranks number one in success rate and number two in yards per carry. And that, again, happened today where there were interceptions, low pass totals, low run totals. Phil Snow is the Bears' legal version of Connor Stallions. He is helping this defense on, like, every single week, advanced scouting. It has been a huge boost to Matt Eberflus. And we're giving Matt Eberflus a ton of credit, so I want to make sure Phil Snow gets his flowers, too, because I think that's played a big role in what this defense has been able to accomplish. So Phil Snow deserves to be in the penthouse. That is a great. I mean, I, I
2: mean, that's a great callback. It's rather obscure, but you're exactly right. That was a huge juncture. It, lose the DC, you know, gain Phil Snow. That's been clearly evident. Hey, Jaquan Brisker today 17 tackles and two pass deflections. Ball out, bro. Uh, Brisker's in, in my penthouse, no doubt about it.
0: Montez Sweat. I think it's I think it was Michael Lombardi that said that this is the worst trade ever. The Bears never should have made this trade. <laughs> Thanks, dude. What an idiot. What are you talking about? Uh Montez Sweat, five total tackles, three solo tackles, and a sack, double digit sacks for the first time in his entire career. Man, dude is he he's not a sack monster, but he's just all over the defensive line. He's been so good. And and I just like I feel like he was the the catalyst in many ways to make this defensive line just just jump. And I I dude, I'm I'm all for it. I love that guy. I love the signing. Big, 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 big
1: fan. All right. Next one, pretty obvious, DJ Moore. One rushing touchdown, his first career rushing touchdown. He, of course, had that big receiving touchdown, had all of his receiving stats in the second half. But the biggest thing was he was playing hurt. Like, you know, he he held, came up limping after that one rush, missed a few plays, came back, but you could even see he wasn't fully 100% in on some of those catches, but the dude continued to ball out. That I think it was a third down play where he just extended and caught that ball like way high. Um that number one receiver things, man. That's that's what that guy does. So DJ Moore had himself a day. DJ Moore and the D stands for dog. I
2: love it. You're so right about sweat to RD. I mean, is it possible that he has elevated the play of the entire defense? I mean, even Ngakwe got a sack today. Uh, And how about Justin Jones? Justin Jones had five tackles today. Uh, He had, I think, the game of his career as a Bear. Uh, Five tackles, uh, one and a half sacks. He had a tackle for loss and two quarterback hits. I mean, he was kind of a role player, a leader. Like a vocal leader, I think, in the previous iteration of the pre-Montez Sweat Bears. And now we've got guys making plays. Um, And that is just so fun to watch. So Justin Jones is also sharing a spot right next to Brisker with the Champagne in the penthouse. Shells, if you're
0: watching, good. I like it. Cole freaking Comet, Dude, I don't care what you say. I am stoked that that dude is on my team. So on the season now has 548 yards and five tutties. He just, it, he, he's not going to be the guy that's going to juke you out of your shoes and run for 80 yards. He doesn't have elite speed, but he does just about everything well. He's a decent blocker. Uh, he, he's able to, to shift just a little bit. He's gotten better as a receiver. I just, so, so for this game, five receptions, 66 yards, that's 13.2 a pop. I'm a Cole Komet fan and I'm so glad that they signed the hometown kid to an extension. I, I, if you ask a lot of teams, they would love to have Cole Komet on their football team. All right. So boys time to head out to the, I, I, I almost want to make myself go first to go to the outhouse. Cause I know who Jack wants and just to seal him. but I won't, I won't do that. Let's say the same order. Let's go out to the outhouse boys. Boy, this
1: is tough. Um, I am gonna go. We, you know, I'm sticking on the receiver train. I'll go Darnell Mooney. Um, Darnell Mooney and Justin Fields just cannot get on the same page. He, he had a couple drops today. Just seemed like he was short arm arming balls. Um, I don't know. It really sucks because he should be that prototypical wide receiver too. You would think that he would have elevated clearly into that role after Chase Claypool left. But it's pretty much just been DJ Moore. Cole Komet, and then way down below, like it's, he's technically the third option, but it feels like the fourth or fifth is Darnell Mooney. Um, So that, that sucks to see because you you thought you were going to get more, especially him going into a contract year. I think I'm just
2: going to like slot this guy in for the rest of the season. Honestly, I I just, I mean, it will truly be addition by subtraction. I'll just read the tweet that I, I posted today because it's, So glaringly obvious. Thank you, Ryan, for not stealing this because I feel strongly about it. Uh, At the snap, uh, Eddie Jackson never in position nor in a stance. Terrible angles against the run and the pass. Not trustworthy on his deep ball responsibilities. Always a tick late on a run play. Seldom tackles like a pro. He's a spectator at best. It's embarrassing. He is now a glaringly weak link on a legitimate defense. And then I like underneath there, just like play by play by play of uh, illegal block in the back. Now you're not not only not helping you're hurting the team blatantly missed terrible body tackle over the middle of the field on a wide receiver reception, pathetic effort on the goal line. I mean, I honestly, can he tackle? I mean, honestly, can he, I mean, it's he, I suppose I've heard some people give him some credit it's kind of being like the captain of the safeties. Perhaps he is good in meetings and in recognizing what the offense is putting out there and then adjusting the on-the-field, um, you know, coverages. I don't know, perhaps. But in terms of play on the field, I, especially with Brisker balling out the way that he did, I mean, it's just, it's embarrassingly, glaringly obvious how Eddie, bad Eddie Jackson is right now. I'm not sure why they continue to start him, much less play
0: him. Jack, you would have been so proud. Brendan and I, on Roar of the Lions, our, our good buddies at the Roar of the Lions. Um, Matt, uh, the host, just love that guy. Absolutely love that guy. He was basically saying, like, singing everybody's praises in the Bears secondary, and he gets steady Jackson, and both Brendan and I are like, uh, "No, no, not so, <laughs> not so much." He's like, "Oh, maybe." It's like, "No, no, no." He <laughs> was good in twenty eighteen, but then that stopped, uh, and so, boys, mine is the Bears inability to stop the friggin' run, especially late. David Montgomery, like, Jack, I, I, I know you've talked about it. Brennan, I know you mentioned it when we were on the Roar of the Lions. Uh, I think you, I love the way you said it, maybe he, because he's now five and he just, he's running on the turf he he just looks faster, right? But like, they he was just cutting them up. And honestly, I, I think that because Campbell took him off the field, maybe he was tired and needed a breather. And then they started like trying to make Jared Goff good in the cold, which we all know he's freaking terrible at that. Uh the the, the 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 Lions offense stalled again. Like, why wouldn't you just keep running it with David Montgomery? Six. a pop boys right 10 attempts 66 yards right and then Gibbs also 11 attempts 66 yards so that's six a pop boys that that's that's bad and and the the Bears have been really 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 good against the run especially over the last couple of weeks they were not good against it this time Uh, so the Bears inability to stop the run is definitely in my outhouse boys anything that we missed anything that we need to talk about
1: Brendan anything you want to talk about my buddy I'm just so happy that classic Jared Goff, December, cold weather Jared Goff came to play. I did the research before going into this game. He had a 56% completion percentage. He only had nine touchdowns to nine interceptions and 1,996 yards in nine career regular season games in cold climate situations in December or later. And he showed up again, baby. He had multiple turnovers, was not sharp. And I just had a feeling that this was where the Bears were gonna get the Bears were gonna get him again. So that was just awesome to see. Um yeah, I think the other thing is just I can't remember. I'd have to go back and just double check on like how many times the Bears scored in the second half off takeaways, but they didn't do it in the first half. That was one of my issues. They had um five takeaways in just the last two games and scored three points off them. So that continued to need, need to be better. Um, I got to look at the box score to double check if they actually did get something off. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Stall, stall, stall. stall. They did. They got a touchdown off the uh, fumble. So that's great. Okay. So they did better, but in the first half, going back to the Minnesota game um, that was, that was an issue. So I'm glad to see that they were actually able to do something in the second half. Jack, just really quick, six
0: interceptions of Jared Goff in, in two games, right? Are my numbers right? It's five or six. Um, Either way. <laughs> <Woo-hoo-hoo>. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> That's bad, bro, for a guy that wasn't coughing up the
2: football. Goof. Yeah, he can't handle our Bears, I guess, you know? Um, okay, I'm not going to try to do what I did last time and stir the pot to make a two-hour show. So go you ahead. can quickly, true or false on this. We don't have to go into it. True or false, Valus Jones Jr. contributes more to the Chicago Bears than Tyler Scott.
0: Mm. False. False. I, I mean, he more than no. They they equaled each other in terms of catches and in the return game.
1: He did nothing. He did absolutely nothing. Today. He drew a pass interference call because somebody hit him beforehand. But I think it was hilarious that they even hit him because he probably was going to drop it. Yeah. False. Sorry, Jack. Not Tyler Scott had a great uh, catch and run in the game too. Okay. <laughs> No,
0: come on, stir it, baby. Stir that pot, baby. Come on. No, 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 no. Last time I had to stay up late to edit the pod and put it out for our audio-only listeners, and then I had to wake up a couple times with the babies just so Jack could yell and scream his points, which he's been right about. That's fine. Sometimes you're right, Jack. Sometimes you're really wrong, right? But can we? Can is there anything else, Jack? Jack, please. That's it. Anything else? That's all I've got.
2: I just thought it was interesting to consider. That's it
0: fourth most penalized team in the league coming into this week. And they actually looked a lot better in that. So I got to give credit uh, to, to those guys. Can the, can the NFL referees please when Justin Fields gets hit in the head, I don't care if he's a runner. I don't care if he's a passer. I don't care what it is. Call a freaking penalty. Right. And, and, and Matt Eberflus not screaming at the officials. The Chicago Bears will pay your fines. Right, dude, because you're going to get fined in the NFL by talking shit about the refs and saying that they need to do their effing job. Right. That 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 dude is going to have his career cut short because people keep hitting him in the head. It happened at least twice at the first play of the freaking game and they don't call it like stop it. Protect Justin Fields, protect your quarterback, get out there and say something and really get angry about it, right? You know, the Chicago Bears will back you up. They'll pay the penalties, the fines that you're going to get because you're going to get them and it doesn't matter, right? Protect Justin Fields. I'm so sick of watching it. And is it Anzioni, the the, the linebacker number 34 or 32 for the Anzalone. Lions? Anzalone. Anzalone, thank Thank, Thank you, you. right, right well, hey, I was close. I w- it wasn't Atkins, <laughs> yeah. right It was yeah. close. It was close, right? And so so he even has this like, oh I, I didn't do it. Yes, you did. You hit him in the head first, right And now may have not been an intentional way, but stop hitting him in the head. Sorry, I got lit up there. Jalen Johnson needs to get paid. He wants to get paid. He is proving it. Jalen Johnson. I sincerely hope it's with the Bears because dude never had these kind of numbers. When he's on the field, the bears secondary is is stellar. And I think that's it, boys. I think that's all I got that I missed. Anything else that we need to talk about before we get to
1: shout-outs, boys? You look like Patrick Mahomes going after the refs there. Ooh, that was feisty. Yeah, you Yo, guys okay. can't come after okay. me. I went to small round going off
2: sides and that
0: man, night. <laughs> Yo, it's the NFL quarterback, like people, I, I couldn't I couldn't watch it because he just sounds so much so much like Kermit. The frog, I just. (laughs) Okay, his wide receivers are bad, but you can't say Matt Nagy doesn't have a hand in that offense stalling out a little bit. I mean, you, yeah, you I've
2: also heard some folks saying like that the only reason they won their Super Bowl was basically because there was a, a, a penalty that was called at the end of the game. Right. Against the Eagles. And so there's this trend now right at the end of the games. And I like Patrick Mahomes and there's no doubting his greatness. But there is this little trend of him like kind of being a, a whiny bee at the end of the game when he doesn't get the. Pass interference calls that he needs to, you know, to seal the deal. But he is not getting much help. I mean, Tony is like single handedly, like, I mean, maybe he like bet against uh, the Chiefs tonight because that dude is single handedly sinking those guys.
0: I'm here. I'm here. I'm here.
1: I just love that one so much. <laughs>
0: I'm here.
1: If there's any, but anybody listening, if you ever just want to make Ryan Dangle laugh, like just a little school kid, instead of the, the TikTok tock of somebody doing the, the, the Kermit frog, the frog voice for Patrick. Mahomes. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here. Yelling at Crosby, right? He's yelling at Crosby from the Raiders. Yeah. 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 That's
2: so good. I'm here.
0: Whew. Okay, boys, time to get to shout outs. Let's go. Brendan, Jack, and I will finish it
1: up. Shout outs, boys. All right, I'll try to make this quick, but I might go off on a rant. First off, great news. Um, Guys, the McDonald's snack wrap is coming back in 2025. This is a fight that not only myself has been fighting for many years, but my guy, Matt G., he's at Scuderio Mateo. My goodness, Matt, we made it, buddy. We finally made it. This is just the – we're so blessed that the snack wrap is coming back in our lives. I know TJ Brooks and all our fellow Canadian bears fans can just go to any McDonald's and get it. We don't have that luxury. So the fact that the snack wrap is coming back has just made this the best weekend overall. And my shout out to my guy, Matt, because we've been fighting the good fight for a long time. Shout out to Shay Norland ESP 1000 producer and radio host. Um, Ryan mentioned it. My buddy and I went to a trivia night. uh, that ESP 1000 was hosting and Shay was himself hosting. And, we ended up taking the whole damn thing home. We we won it, we won some awesome prizes. Um, Shay himself, he said, I write all the questions. So this is a lot of work. So I wanted to shout him out specifically for not only hosting and making a fun event, but just actually doing all the work and putting the time and effort into it. Um, I'm not gonna go into the details, but we pretty much like nailed almost every question. We went into overtime against another team and we had to do like the how many days since the Patriots last playoff win hasn't been because they were playing on Thursday night and we ended up getting it. So it was, it was a drama filled night, but it was awesome. So uh, shout out to him and ESP 1000. And I'm just going to do a blanket shout out here. Um, it's not a good one, but I'm just going to do a blanket shout out to all the pieces of shit aggregator accounts that continue to spread misinformation for NFL stuff. Shame on you. I'm sick of your bullshit and I'm sick of seeing your crap in my feeds. I can only mute so many of you so many times. I'm not going to list them because you can go and find it. But for God's sake, stop making something out of nothing when a reporter does a mailbag and shares his opinion, or let's say you're making up bullshit numbers about college players that are coming out and may maybe they're going to stay because they're going to get $30 million in NIL money. No, no, they're not. You're just spreading crap online to try and get up your engagement. And it's it's really pissing me off. Okay. Maybe I'm the old man on the lawn saying, get off my lawn, but I'm just I'm sick and tired of seeing this bullshit. Okay. This is what's wrong with social media and Twitter. So please, for the love of God, stop sharing this stuff. Block these accounts. Do like, and this is you know. I understand you see stuff online, you want to react to it, but please do your research because these guys are just farming for engagement. They don't get the like the actual story. And as somebody who tries to write and act, you know, give credit to people because I aggregate too for Bears Wire. It happens. Just do your research, okay? Because these accounts are bullshit, and I'm sick of seeing it on my timeline. So shout out to you. Just get get. I'm not gonna swear. GTFO. Okay. Just a really quick. I love okay. it. I'm sick of
0: it. I'm really pissed off. I'm sick of it. I, I was. I'm just gonna say. I know, Brendan. You you can go unmute yourself for a second. For everybody that that watches this show that listens to us, that dude works his ass off. Like, I, I thought I loved the Bears more than anybody, and and knew. And then I met Brendan Shagrew. That dude is relentless in what he does and i just watching him get lit up about this i think he has every right in which to do it brendan you know we love the shit out of you dude and we're just so immensely proud that you are part of this show and and the stuff that you write i continually just have to sit back and go wow brendan you are so good at what you do so that was that was that that's that's not even my shout out but but it is a shout out now
2: I'll tell you what. you make Brendan mad. You make us all mad. So I invite all of those people that he was referencing. I invite you to have sex with yourself because um, we're mad at you. And I would like to shout out uh, all the viewers that are watching us. Uh, all the people that have uh, interacted with us in the chat today. Y'all standing on business. That's what you're doing. Uh, Matt, Heidi, TJ Edwards, Brooks, uh, the Bot Brothers, our friends, Patrick Burns and Mike Pearson uh, YGK, uh, Adam Ish, uh, Connor Wright That's also my son uh, So shout out to all of y'all uh, We really appreciate you being uh, on board with us tonight Shout out to our guy, Patrick Sheldon uh, Sheldon and I got into it a little bit last time You may have saw that we were uh, in a heated argument about the Bears I don't know, go figure um, but Patrick does such a great job uh, on his Twitter account. He's one of the sharpest dudes I know when it comes to uh, football and baseball. And we love having Patrick on the show. We miss him here tonight. Shout out to you, Patrick. Uh, go Bears!
0: That was that's yeah. Well, well said, Shells. It's never the same when when he's not around. And uh, yeah, we we wish you were here, buddy. But hanging out with your boys is a is a better way to spend your Sunday night. Um, so the first one goes out to Mike Gus, Mike and I don't always agree with each other, but I think he is really smart. He knows football. And there, I think there are times where we definitely, he, he just uh, put me in one of his threads and I just am reading it and just going, yep, yep. Check, check, check. Uh, so Mike Gus, it's been too long, buddy. Hope you and your family are doing well. Steve Collins, Matt, and the rest of the crew at the Roar of the Lions. I love talking football with those guys. They really know their stuff, and they're really good dudes. And I just, you know, I don't know what else you can ask for in a podcast crew. So so shout out to them. And um, shout out to all of you, truly, like, we get to talk bears, win or lose, and we have people to hang out with and people that listen to our stuff. Um, Heidi Zimmerman, uh, this is really cool. Uh, we found out that we had a connection that that I never knew, so we we know someone in common, right? That that I encounter at, at my job, and it just it blew my mind. So we're we're shooting messages back and forth, and it's like, how is this like? in Acapulco, Mexico, right? And in Chicagoland, like, how is this possible that we know someone in common, that their families know each other incredibly well? Like, it just goes to show that Bears fans are amazing. They're amazing people. And we're, we're truly thankful for all of you that are willing to listen, to engage, um, even if we disagree, right? Like, and, and I even, sometimes I would even say, especially when we disagree, right? Like, I think that's something that we, we really enjoy a lot. And so we're so thankful for you. You can help us out. You can hit like, you can hit subscribe, you can share the podcast with a friend you can hit us with a five-star review it really helps to widen our audience because uh, we just we love hanging out with all of you guys and the more people that we're hanging out with the better it's going to be there's a lot of places you get your bears content and we are just so thankful that you've chosen to hang out with the bear down chicago podcast for all of us that's logan bradley he still works here kind of patrick sheldon brendan Shagru, jack Wright. i'm ryan dangle folks truly 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 thank you so very very much for hanging out with us and as always Bear down, Chicago.